see if it stops. Nope, it's going. Okay. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the first episode of Sugar Spice and Jesus Christ. I am your host, Frankie, and this is my lovely wife and co-host, Kay. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, she says. It's Kay. Oh, hey, it's Kay. It's She's Cake. Yes. That's for the real fans. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, so basically, we've been talking about this show for a couple years now. And we finally decided it was time to do it. After all the other change that has been going on in our lives. Um, so yeah, we're just a married couple. Um, we've been married going on 11 years now. Um, we're a Christian couple, so a lot of the show will be centered around that. We're trying to keep it family friendly, but um, sometimes you might have some more mature topics. More mature topics uh, is really good way of putting it. Um, I'm trying to keep this as unedited as possible. So if there's anything that, I mean, hey, there's probably going to be some stuff that offends you, honestly. It's just the day we're day and age we're living in in this world we live in. Um, and we're not really friends with the world. Um, so I guess take that as you will. Uh, but also, you know, we're trying to keep the conversation sort of open. Uh, we kind of want you guys to also be able to participate in the conversation. So the real vision for this is just to, you know, kind of have a casual coffee talk podcast about Jesus Christ and uh, keep him the center of the conversation but also having some like eternal perspectives on whatever may come up in the show. Um, so this first episode is sort of like an introduction to us and who we are. So you as an audience can understand who you're listening to and what the heck you're listening to. I guess maybe we should just talk about the name a little bit. How did we get here to the name? Sugar Spice and Jesus Christ. Well, that depends on who you consider is the sugar and who is the spice. I guess you'll find out as you listen. But uh... <laughs> um, Part of that idea was um, I run a home-based meal ministry called Chubby Noon's Kitchen. And I do a lot of baking of sweets. And so that was the sugar piece of it. And... Frankie, his uh, one of his long-standing nicknames has been Frankie Peppers. Uh, so he brings the spice, um, and of course, and Christ. It's not, yeah, it's not because of my hot takes. I just don't. I, well, I mean, it was my at, at work. There was multiple Franks. They called me Frankie Peppers for reasons, and then it oh, kind of just stuck. That that started because you were trying to sell my um, hot relish. That I made the homemade um, habanero. What was that? Relish the Kraken. Oh yeah, that's right. And so they started calling you Frankie Peppers because you're trying to sell pepper relish. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't. I didn't remember that, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> um, 
sorry also if it's like a little echoey we're in a smaller room and we're trying to escape the dog and the children uh the children are in bed and we have baby monitors and stuff but uh yeah so we have two kids and a dog so now you know about that also if there's any lulls in the episode we're watching the last probably the last game for the western conference finals in the stanley cup so dallas versus los angeles golden knights no not los angeles las vegas that was special i mean i am ready for the hate and emails (laughs) uh sorry sorry to those fans um so i think what we might start with is just how Kay and i met so we met at church she says we didn't but we definitely did so Kay, your perspective no i just say (laughs) that i don't remember that being the very first time we met or no no the thing I don't remember is staring at you <laughs> like I'm, I don't know, like I'm mesmerized. I don't remember that part, but I think I was just trying to see the physical similarities between you and your sister because that's what I do when I first meet siblings. Yeah, so she was a friend. Well, she's still a friend of my sister, but now we're family. So, um, But yeah, she was a friend of my sister, and that's how we were introduced so shout out to you i'm not going to use your name on air because unless you want me to then you can just text me or whatever um but yeah so we met uh we both met on a church on long island on long island i said in i'm gonna get so much hate from one person that i'm not gonna use his name either but um (laughs) so yeah we met at a church on Long Island um, where we both grew up. And this was back in 2012. And I remember... Technically, we met in 2011. 2011. But we started dating in 2012. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so we started dating in 2012. And... Um, yeah. So a lot of people would say that we were stupid for things that we did so fast. We got engaged after nine months, six six months, months. and got married after nine months. Eight months. Eight months. (laughs) Sorry, the math is, I don't know. The math is really bad for me. Okay, so the thing is, I insisted on marrying him in 2012 and not a day later. Uh, and so the day that we came up with was December 29th um, of 2012. And no, it was not a before the end of the world thing. <laughs> no, it was just I did. I just wanted to marry him that year. And that was that was it. I wanted to be Mrs. Colombo. And that still sounds weird. Why does that sound weird? I don't know. Because I don't feel like a Mrs. Like, I'm, I'm, I feel like Kay yeah. Colombo, like... I'm your the wife, ring on your finger like, should say Mrs. and that should be comfortable. But, I don't know. but yeah, but like no one calls me Mrs. Colombo. Yeah, I guess. I mean, hey, like we're that's not really, my mom. Well, that's, that's your mom. mom. <laughs> yeah, that's my mom. Um, <laughs> but now I'm a mom, and like I am Mrs. Colombo. Yeah, you're gonna so. be Mrs. Colombo. You're Mrs. Colombo on the phone mostly. I bet when you're talking to like doctors or. Something. Even then, that's like once a year, and so it like never happens. Or like when you're I'm registering just, the kid. I've always been K. 
Yeah, sure. That's good. I mean, hey, it works. Um, so yeah, we got married after eight months, uh, because we really felt when you know, you know that that was the case. Yeah. And I thought that it was okay because, Hey, I'm 20 years old. This is what people do. Apparently that's not what people do. People. Well, not at 20 years old. Yeah, people like to establish themselves and, you know, get ahead financially somehow. Maybe buy themselves a house. Climb the corporate ladder a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get themselves a fancy, respectable title. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. If that works for you, it just didn't work for us. We wanted to grow together, uh, both in our faith and just life together, because this world is very unforgiving. So that's kind of how that happened. And you remember some of the stuff we used to get. We used to get like, I had people give me like, you'll only be married three years. It's fine. Whatever. Oh, yeah. My uh, one of my old employers, my male managers, he said that we were headed for destruction. Um, that was that was encouraging. But I was just so excited to. <laughs> was so excited to marry you that it, I didn't care what anybody else had to say it didn't matter you were my person I waited years for you I prayed for you I cried for you and you were finally I was in your arms and that that's all that mattered yeah well I mean I didn't really want to like not have people support our decision to do this yeah, I mean, it means a lot. Like, it, so Nicole, it means a lot Nicole was people. super supportive. We're not using the names. I'm sorry. Shout out to Nicole. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> I, there's a lot of Nicoles on this planet. I didn't use any last names, so that's not really an identifier. <laughs> yeah, that's, fair. that's fair. Nicole, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> we're not saying your name again. But, yeah, so, like, I had friends that supported the decision, and then I had friends that didn't, and, you know, it was fine that... you. Know, People don't know what they don't know, you know, uh, but it kind of sucked hearing. I didn't hear it from like my direct friends that I'm only giving you three years, but I heard like stuff at work that was pretty rough. Yeah, I, I think people at work think that they just have a bigger license to be able to say something for some reason. Yeah, because you can't punch them in the face when they get fired. There you go. That makes sense. I don't endorse punching people in the face. This is a family show. So, yeah, so we wound up just saying we know better than everybody else. And everybody else had their, well, everybody that wanted to share. I mean, I'm sure there were ones that uh, gave us support and really, like, had to hold back a little bit. Um, what's going on on there? We're watching a cheeseburger commercial. Whopper, whopper. Oh no, this is not a whopper commercial. It's not. Oh, no. you're it, so funny. okay. It. <laughs> it looks. We're like not a gonna. We're not gonna talk about it. No, uh, Burger King's the worst. So, we were very different than normal people. So, and that's okay. We're neurodivergent. Both very of us. We both have ADHD. 
introverted, so this is a little more tough for Kay right now. Uh, <laughs> I've been on a show before, so this is not so bad. Um, it just made it really hard to establish relationships with other people um, that were in the same stage of life that we were. And I think we just have like relational trauma in general or just like just a harder time to from being neurodivergent was children and not realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Even from like just us being children. We were the weird ones. Yeah. Um, That kind of changed a little bit when I became a teenager, but yeah. So we got married and it was good. And that first year was really fun. Yeah, we lived in your bedroom. Yeah, we lived in the bedroom in my parents' house because we had zero dollars. Which I guess that's why people establish themselves. Do you remember the snack budget? Oh my goodness. We'd walk into Walmart with like six dollars after church and... We would go to the snack aisle and we would try and pick out like as much as we could for six dollars. And then we'd go home and like feast like royalty. Yeah. So (laughs) we did cash budgeting. And my advice to you is try to live within your means the best you can. Uh, I know that it's tough in this day and age and prices of things are crazy. And I don't really think you should have to sacrifice the things that you enjoy in life because life is so stressful and busy and crazy. Um, Unless, you know, God says, Hey, this is becoming an idol. You need to sacrifice it. So we did cash budgeting and that was probably like the biggest hell we could have gone through. It was also super helpful because it allowed us to, you know, put money aside for weddings um that we had to be in and that was when it we were making what 17,000 a year combined we were making 17 I wasn't working at all combined I wasn't working at all and you were working part time yeah it was tough i had two jobs at one point that didn't last very long um and i think the following year i got a full time job which was good but uh yeah it's um we we have learned to be content with quite little Quite little is an understatement. But we had, you know, things that we wanted out of in life. Um, So we really, like, just tried to save as much as we could. And then we tried to bless as many people as we could, too, which was fun. Like, we were able to do that. Uh, Random Acts of Kindness, you remember that one? Mm-hmm. That, that was one a fun envelope. envelope. Yeah, that was a fun one. Um, but every time the savings envelope got somewhere, it always seemed like something popped up. Had to up. go to an emergency, like yeah. the truck mm-hmm. broke or transmission in the car, or it was always something we didn't want it to go to. That's just how it kind of until Bean. It kind of works like that, though. Like I feel like that's just growing up in your twenties. Yeah, but then we got Bean because I was like, okay, for once our savings is going to go to something that like we want. Yeah, so we got a dog. Um, she actually doesn't live with us anymore. She's with my parents because they love her more than we did. No, I'm kidding. She just 
we ended up getting a second dog a couple years later and the two of them together with a kid it was like chaos stone cold steve austin and the rock fighting in the ring together i don't Every know if day. They, i don't know if they ever wrestled together but i don't care about wrestling but yeah that's that's literally what happened and they would break stuff and we didn't have the money for broken limbs or anything like that so it kind of just worked out we knew she was the more fun dog yeah so, and she was familiar with with my folks yeah so it made the transition easy because they had lost you know their dog um a couple years before that so they you know had that little hole in the heart that they were missing and they loved bailey already so yeah we called her bean bailey beans um it was just a nickname and after a while she stopped listening to bailey and bean became her new name so I mean, she's a chocolate lab, so... She, yeah, she kind of looks like a bean. Coffee bean. Yeah. Yeah. So, where does Jesus fit into our story? I think from when we got married to now. So, Jesus, we kind of put on, like, the back burner after year two through, what, five Maybe more than that. Like we were phoning it in at church and just yeah, time stamping Sundays and that was it. We weren't really doing anything. I feel like that was also like the first year. It was from the start, really. You think so? Yeah. It just got steadily worse. Worse. Yeah. And I don't really know what the catalyst to that was. I guess we kind of just got like caught up in our own stuff and just dealt with things our own way. Yeah. And didn't really give any care to like the eternal side of things, you know? Right. It's weird because like. Looking back on it, it doesn't even seem like it was part of our life anymore. Like, I don't, I mean, I barely remember what happened last year, but. Well, like, the thing is, growing up in a Christian home and growing up with faith and, you know, thinking that I was saved, like, I thought I was. I didn't realize that passive Christianity wasn't Christianity at all. It was just outward moralism. Yeah, so I just also want to preface that we would probably be more. If you had to listen to us, we would be leaning more towards the Protestant spectrum of things, just because that's all we really know. Um, so if you hear anything that you definitely don't agree with the- theologically, it's probably a Protestant issue. So um, just be mindful of that. Also, you know, educate if you can. Read emails on the show. But back to that. How does that work like you say you're, you weren't saved but i think the term we use is we knew jesus but he wasn't our lord yeah there's just like there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom knowledge of of scripture knowledge of who god is and who christ is and what he did is it's just knowledge. It's not 
acknowledgement. It's not acceptance. It's not recognition. It's just, I'm aware of that. It's kind of like a neutral stance on it. Like even, even the devil's aware of God and all of the truth and all that, but that he's not saved. So I wouldn't like knowledge of something without like, I don't know, respect of, or, you know, acknowledging it and recognizing it as, you know, actual ultimate truth. It means nothing. And I didn't realize that, you know, you have knowledge of who God is and his ways and what you're supposed to do and not do and say and not say and all of these things because you're, that's just what you're told. And you accept that you need a savior because you're told that you need a savior, not because you actually understand uh, and recognize your need for a savior. Yeah, I don't think it was until we read the text for ourselves versus what people had told us. Um, like we read the Bible before, um, not like in its, entirety, in its entirety or whatever. Kind of like how you read it on church at church on Sunday, where it's just like one reading and that's it. But I don't really think that does the revealing of Jesus any justice by just reading one verse. Um, and we see that every day when we're told, hey, you as a Christian need to love me because it says it here in this one scripture. Um, I'm just using that as an example, but it just says that in this one scripture. But it's like you're missing all the context in general. Um, but I'm you're also like, missing all of the history behind that text. Don't read like the verse before it. You have to read that whole chapter before you can get anything out of that. Right. At least. Oops. At least you have to read that whole chapter. Um, so. We read the Bible in its entirety together. Front to back. Yeah, we had a, uh, a friend invite us to one of those 365 devotional plans in the Bible app. And then, and then like he two days after. in, he dipped out. <laughs> well, he was already doing us, it with someone else. And he abandoned us <laughs> and we were already committed. So we're like, all right, I guess we'll struggle bus our way through this. Well, I want to say something also. That devotional was more reading than the scripture readings that day. It was awful. <laughs> so I, most of the time, would skip the devotional and just read the scriptures. And honestly, that felt really like... That was very... Sus le- to do. Like, I felt like I was, like, sinning doing like that. Like I was cheating on Jesus. Yeah, because it's like, I don't want to read what this guy has to say. Yeah, but uh, it's funny because... Just go straight to the scripture. I feel like that lifted a little bit of weight on us and gave us more of a push to keep going and get through you know the family bloodlines of genesis and all this all the uh ceremonial laws you know it's funny we kind of played a mind trick on ourselves we skipped the devotional and we're like oh we're like getting out of half of the reading today no. just by reading the scripture. <laughs> Whereas like some people, they just do the scripture reading for the day and it's like, oh, I have to do the scripture reading. And it's like, 
no, we were already like halfway through because we skipped the devotional. Right. Yay. And then you just do the scripture reading and you're happy to only do the scripture reading. Well, yeah. I mean, reading in general is really tough. Unless for it's numbers. That have ADHD. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, <laughs> you're reading numbers. You're in for a treat. I mean, it's. The more you fall in love with Christ, the more the Holy Spirit illuminates of who God is and and an understanding of the story and his plan, it makes learning the details a little bit more interesting each time. It's not like a whole magic thing where it's like, oh, poof, one day everything's so exciting to read and like the lineages are like, oh, astounding. <laughs> like it, it's still... I mean, that might be interesting to somebody. Well, yeah, eventually at some point, but like it's not going to all happen at once. Every time you read through scripture, I feel like the Holy Spirit like shows you another facet, some some other string, some other theme throughout scripture that kind of ties everything together. Um, it's a, a new... Um, prism of light you know it's you're looking at things through through the lens of the spirit which looks like I don't know well I mean I think about it like the people that do find genealogies interesting probably the same kind of people that are like obsessed with 23andMe and their ancestry for me I don't care I had my grandparents I still have one I'm 31 years old they told me a bunch of stories about who they were, but I don't care where I came from. Honestly, I'm alive today in today's age. And by no means is that disrespect to anybody in the family. That's just from a, an internal, eternal spiritual perspective. Our genes and our physical human ancestors do not have as eternal of a bearing as our spiritual ancestors. And that wasn't a shot at anybody that likes to know about their ancestry. Right. Like that could be something that interests you. There's a reason that genealogies are included in scripture because like I mean, all, all of scripture is God breathed. But like and yes, it serves as evidence of the validity of his lineage and his existence. Um but I think he also put that in there because he knew that he created some of his people to enjoy that to, to actually take delight in learning we would have questions people the lineages would have questions. and genealogy well yes it's a dual purpose right. it's for his glory and, and our, joy. our joy and our good like it's not just learning it for the necessity of learning facts it's learning it because they take joy in in learning it, it actually like excites them in some way just because you or I, you know, don't experience that same excitement because it's not something that really interests us. Um, that doesn't mean that there aren't others amongst his people that do get tickled. Like, ooh, I didn't know that. That's so exciting. I mean, I love my family. That's not what I meant. No. Though. Um, no, I I'm know. I'm talking about a passion for right, learning right, right. historical genealogies, not for their <laughs> own personal family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just making the I was making the example, so I just wanted to preface that. Like, there's some people that really are super into their family history, and that's great. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's some people that are truly passionate about it, and there's other people like ourselves that it doesn't have as much bearing. That's all. Yeah. It has nothing to do with how we feel about people. I mean, it's just like I said in the beginning of the episode, you might hear stuff that you don't agree with and that's okay. 
we're less about celebrating people as much as pointing it back to Christ. Um, because there's so much that's celebrated in the world. And it's good to celebrate. It's good to, you know, recognize accomplishments and success and, and things that are, are good and excellent and praiseworthy. But I find that so much of the celebration excludes giving glory and thanks to God, who is the giver of every good thing. Uh, and so primarily, we will always point it back to Jesus Christ right. um, as king and the author of every good gift. Um, you know, so the emphasis will always be on him rather than on people. Although, you know, there is, you know, honor to be given to those that are willing to be obedient um, to the call to serving the kingdom, of course, uh, just not the main focus and not something to like harp on. And Well, I did find a specific instance of this kind of interesting. And it was that example brought up at church. Um, the spiritual ancestry. Do you remember this? When that guy came up and he was talking about how he was able to trace back his spiritual ancestry to Thomas's uh, spice trade route. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which was sick that, to hear. Like, yeah. It's like those faithful saints brought, you know, Jesus to that part of the world. And was able to save generations of people from, you know, themselves and, you know, captivity, captivity of sin. Right. Um, well, because of this guy's faithfulness, like you only know of this guy's existence because his name appears in this book that you're told that's written by, you know, men dictated by God. This man, and because of his faithfulness and obedience to God, you know the author of life right how cool is that yeah i thought that was so to be able to make a connection between this ancient text and your own personal life like here today now like tangibly that's really cool yeah i mean i guess i would probably say that i find a little bit of interest in you know where my I spiritual guess heritage it, i guess from. if it well how would you find I don't know how I would Spiritual find it. Spiritual heritage. I know where it started. Like the journey of that um, started with very faithful neighbors of ours growing, you know, at a house I grew up in. So you would have to find out who saved them. Well, who contributed to their... To their finding of Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. Um, and dying to themselves. And they faithfully brought that to my parents. Yeah. And... I find that pretty interesting because now I'm here and <laughs> I'm pouring into my children the same way and being, you know, a wise steward of what was given, which was abounding grace and something we don't deserve as human beings at all. Are you trying to like play back a little bit for yourself? No, my uh, <laughs> my grandfather got through to my dad. Okay. I don't know. I don't know who, you know, played a part for my grandfather. Mm. Well, he's a pastor, right? Amongst things. Yeah, he was a jack of all trades. Yeah, he did a lot of different things. He was a uh, beat cop in Harlem. Suicide detective as well. Homicide, homicide detective. That was uh, 
that was rough on him. That's a tough job. I can't imagine doing that without Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you, I you'd feel like have you find to be- Jesus. You would have to believe in the goodness of God to get through seeing the kinds of things that he saw. Yeah. Like, if anything, that's turned people away. Like, there is no God. There's too much evil. Here. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then the fact that he still pressed into his faith to the to the point that like he kept pressing on my dad and pressing on my dad and pressing until my dad was like, Hey, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. I think he told him to read John. Right. I think so. Yeah. He was like, it's your name. Read it. <laughs> no, I, mean, how incredible, I mean, Hey, how incredible is that? Right. The because, perseverance of, of faith because of the faithfulness to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And how we're both here yeah. with that. So there's something, there's something there. So maybe we are a little interested in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stick I guess around. not we'll really in a way where it's more. like, oh, this is your last name. Be proud of it. Like it's a, it's a, I don't know. The surnames, like the human surnames, like that kind of like pride and like that i don't know i like i'm proud of it and i'm not like i like I i'm proud of it but like i also don't care it's not where my identity lies i guess i guess that's what it is well i mean italians we're very prideful people there's a lot of ancestral pride and where we came from culturally there's a lot of pride culturally too that's what i'm no i'm saying it's culturally because yeah. i mean you and i are italian we're sicilian not really done um but polish we're not prideful people though like we make an effort every day to to put that part to death that's not something that we want to continue oh yeah well i mean i believe that like my family name means nothing it's christ yeah but it does mean something because it is who you are here at least in the world yeah but like to us our identity is in christ in christ yeah. primarily our it's who we are in, in christ him. you know and so who we are in this world is secondary tertiary it's it's everything after right and so it's inconsequential in comparison at least so i want to get <laughs> that's the thing it's an eternal perspective like, yeah, it's heavy and yeah, it it might be a hot take and it might make you like that's the spice. think it's going to be thought provoking. Um, but that's what we're trying to do. Like we're trying to help recalibrate your thinking to a more eternal perspective, the ultimate reality that is King Jesus and making the kingdom of heaven more visible on earth to those that can't see it yet. It's interesting that you say the recalibration thing because like, so our professional backgrounds, you're in quality assurance. So you are to spot bugs. Like that's your job. You're supposed to spot things that don't belong, that don't belong. And, um, the anomalies could cause fatal error, Uh huh. which the, on the worldly side of things, there is a fatal error here. Um, and me, I was a calibrations technician for a long time. 
And I was to fix the error and re-guide, not throw the whole thing out. That wasn't my job. Some of them had to be thrown away. But for the most part, take that piece, recalibrate it so that it is doing what it's supposed to. And our actual purpose here is to just glorify God. Right. And a lot of us, we tend to lose our calibration and we start to gain a tolerance is what it's called oh it's when you start going out of out of tolerance okay Um, so you gain you you know you go up in tolerance or and you go outside of the levels um wow i just lost my train of thought mid talking yeah that's my fault because i cut you off with the tolerance bit but how about oh yeah so you you know instead of remaining calibrated to ultimate reality you start to gain or lose tolerance and you go outside your levels and then you start focusing on self there's a lot of that here there's a lot of self and i think this day and age is the god of self um yes just you be you you do what's best for you. You do what makes you happy. We've been here before, though. You remember? I'm trying to find everything but Jesus in my own life. And I buy the car of my dreams. Mm. I spend all this dumb money on stuff that doesn't really bring me anywhere. Start finding identity in um, being a, honestly, a podcast person that is on a show um some of those episodes i'm not really proud of who i was on there so this is kind of the redemption to that but so that and then trying to find my worth in work and like move up the corporate ladder and just be the workaholic and then go-to guy and the what have you and church was kind of like not a thing it wasn't important. We didn't say, like, the value in it. Church was somewhere to go on Sundays because we were told to. That's that's what you do when you say you're a Christian. You go to church. So it was just kind of a clock in, clock out kind of a thing. Yeah, we showed face. We were there. So that's not We us sang saying, songs. We listened to a message and agreed with everything that was said. Yeah, that's not us saying, if you're, if you're a Christian, you don't need to go. Go to a local church. You need to belong get to a local in, church. Get some accountability. Work with people who are like-minded, who want more of Jesus. Okay. Learn about the gospel from your preachers. Do it on your own. Also, feed yourself. But put it into practice. Like this was our experience before we were saved. This was just going, this was Christianity. Uh, this is what it looked like just going through the motions without really having the soul of it. It was just, I don't know, it was a reanimated corpse. with. No- yeah, so, I mean, kind of like just zombies in the world. Right, except nobody 
we didn't even know that we were still dead. Like, because we were able to go through the motion so well, because we knew all the right answers and we had the the textbook, you know. 27 years of experience or whatever we both had at the right. time. Right. Like, growing up in the church and, like, I got baptized of my own free will at 12 years old thinking that I knew what I was doing. I was publicly proclaiming that I love Jesus. I wasn't baptized yet. <laughs> um, I put that off. Because I never felt like the time was right for it. I mean, I was baptized in the Catholic Church as an infant, um, which is a thing that that branch of Christianity does. Um, The Protestant Church does not do that uh, for reasons I, 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 I can't tell you. But for me, I just couldn't like. You didn't uh, you didn't see the importance in it like you didn't see the necessity of it. Right. Because it's not necessary for salvation. Like Christ says, you know, be baptized. Um, so we do it out of obedience, but it's not it's not part of our salvation. Right. And so you didn't think it was necessary because at that point you thought you were saved because, you know, you had all the knowledge and you went through the motions. Went through but the motions, yeah. Except for I didn't call on my Lord. I didn't look to him and say you're my provider i trust you with everything i can't alone i nothing it was it was word alone there was no actual like conviction and like we didn't believe it we didn't live like it we didn't act like it and so we didn't have true faith in him we said we did we thought we did right so we found this church and we got plugged in and we joined a bunch of groups and volunteered on staff and did a bunch of stuff. Was and that always, was around the time that we started the um, 365 plan. Took on mentors. Yeah. Took on accountability partners. Discipleship groups. Made friends. Um, reunited with new friends. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, old friends uh, of the faith. So that was pretty cool. Kay is adjusting her mic because her stand is falling down. Also, I hope that transition was good because the software was like, hey, I'm going to crash midway at the 40 minute mark. So I hope that transition is good. Oh, man, I guess we're going into the first overtime with the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's go, Cats. You you good there? It looks like your little rubber piece is coming off. I'm going to have to look at it. I have another one, so worst comes to worst, I'll just swap it out. I just think that the table edge is not not big enough. Yeah, it's I tried not going deep. underneath the bar. You can't. It's not deep enough. Yeah. So. So we'll. Um. Maybe if we do it on the corner. I tried that on yours. It might be the way the table shaped. I'll try to figure something out for next time, so we don't have to deal with this. I didn't think this was going to be an issue. So, back on track. <laughs> <laughs> 
we so this was uh we get involved in discipleship groups we're in bible studies we're getting involved in serving at the church getting baptized i got baptized frankie got baptized uh we started reading the bible 365 um in a year one of the plans um and it was actually the second time around we did it twice yeah we did we did the awful one the first time <laughs> and then the second time we did one with the bible project videos yeah they were good Love they those. were so helpful in helping us understand what we were reading as we were reading it giving a little bit more context to the text um and the history and all that yeah and it just kind of made us feel a little bit more equipped um while we were reading what we were reading so it wasn't kind of just reading it like a kid with no deeper understanding of what we were taking in um and so it was the second time through and it was February and it was that day the topic was God's holiness and I think we were in like Exodus or something and I watched the video and the way that they explained God's holiness everything just like the veil came on yeah the, or the scales mm-hmm. we had that the scales fall <laughs> <laughs> the scales fell from my eyes um and not everything just clicked and suddenly it just it made sense and i was finally able to recognize my need for a savior and it was logical like god's god is so holy his presence is is so holy that we cannot stand we can't exist it wipes us away if we are not just as holy and so the only way that we can exist in his presence and stand before his throne is if we are covered in the atoning blood of christ making us holy and sealed by the holy spirit proving that we are his that's the only way and when new earth comes and everything is made new and God comes and, and dwells among his people, we will be standing in his presence. And the only way that we can exist that way is if we're saved. And the only way to get to God is through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. And like that had also come to mind after, you know, when I was watching the video. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, it makes so much sense. Like, he literally told us, he explained it. And then you profess with your mouth. And then I profess with my mouth because it's like, of course I need a savior. Like, logically, I need him to cover me in his blood. He's the only one that can. He's the only way I can be saved. Jesus is Lord. His way is good. He makes sense. And... And it wasn't, you know, all at once that I saw the beauty in all of his ways. It's It's been a, a progression. It's been a slow but steady illumination, kind of like um, the scene is lighting on fire. And, you know, the more that lights on fire, the, the more it spreads and the brighter it burns. And the more you can see and the more that gets revealed, like that's... That's how it is, like with each passing day and the more that God reveals of himself to me, 
the more I want of him, the more I want to learn and experience and know, the more that he's all I want. Like, I don't care about earthly pursuits anymore. Like, I just... I just want him. I want to experience life on new earth in his presence where there is no shadow, where there is no no toil. It's just the work is is existing in delight of being with our king. Right. Like nothing is work. Everything is joyful and and wonderful and a song of praise to our savior lord. Like we get to finally dance with our king as he looks on us with the most tender love as a as a new husband looks at his wife while they dance together for the first time. Like that I can't. I know that look. Oh man. <laughs> one of our one of our friends got married um last year and watching their first dance just it brought tears to my eyes because the the just utter adoration on his face as he picked her up and twirled her. You guys um, know who you are. Yeah, you totally know who you are. It just it brought tears to my eyes because all, all I could see was King Jesus twirling his bride, finally having her in his arms, pure and holy and white as snow. And I could cry now thinking <laughs> about it. I got a little misty there. That... I just want it so bad. And that's how I know that I'm his. Because the the thought of, just the thought of him and knowing what he's done for me and seeing the beauty in his ways and seeing the logic and the sense in his plan and and even the things that I don't understand, you know, just having that, that childlike faith and trust in him that uh, even in the mystery, I know that I'm safe because he loves me, mm. because he is my good father, because he he made me. And so as my maker, whatever he wants is what he does, but because he is also, you know, the good shepherd and you know, the everlasting father and the prince of peace, like he, he is good. And it's not something that I have to be afraid of just because God could do whatever he wants to me and be justified in it. That could be a very terrifying thought. Um, except he has told us who he is and how he feels towards us. And he has demonstrated his love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, he sent Christ to die for us. And so if he felt that way towards me when I was at my worst, when by all accounts I hated him based on my actions, based on what I was, you know, binding on my hands and before my eyes, he was my enemy. Mm. And yet he relentlessly came towards me and... He found me and he said, you are mine. I have called you by name. And I have been his ever since. And it's the most amazing thing. <laughs> no one can take you from his grasp either. No. Beautiful. And like, it's not even because like, like, yes, it's because like 
no one can take you out of God's grasp, but also like you'd have to like fight me too. Right, right. <laughs> Come and get me. Yeah. <laughs> like Try. You'd, you'd have to pry me from his hand, which just is impossible anyway. But like, even if like I wasn't in his hand, like you'd still, I, you're not getting me. No. <laughs> so I want to try to keep this an hour. Um, where are we now? So we served that church and we went to that church and we were there for what? Three years. Yeah. And they were gracious to us and we learned so much. We're so thankful for the time that we had there and everything that we learned and experienced. And I would hope that they felt the same about us, um, that we were faithful to them. But we started feeling the pull to leave Long Island as a whole. Um, we felt that for a couple of years before that. But we really it like... started... I mean, we wanted to leave the state for like selfish human reasons. Right. You know, like we just didn't like New York anymore. We wanted to live in a more affordable place and not to... There's nothing like... You There's know, nothing like, no, wrong with that. No, no. There, I mean, there, there is, is something wrong if you're going to be dictating your life choices based on if God purely. Opens, if God opens the well, yes, opportunity that, yeah, and whatever. Yeah, but that's you pursuing God. Right. But like, if the main reason you're moving is to have a better lifestyle, like, I'm sorry, where's God in that? Like, how are you bringing glory to God in that? I'm going to challenge you with li- that. Unless your lifestyle is in pursuit of Jesus. And you feel like you were going to get that more. That's not what I mean. And you know it. You know it. <laughs> I know it. because I mean more affordable. Like a, like a, I don't know. Like butter is $9 a pound versus in this state it's four. Ew. No, I'm just saying. I'm making. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> ew, no, like if you're said, going to like, ew, just because you baker. want a more cushy, comfortable lifestyle somewhere or whatever, like that's not a reason to, that shouldn't motivate you. Like the things that should motivate you to make your major life choices should be around King Jesus and the kingdom of heaven. If you claim to follow him, like he says, follow me. That means you give up your desires and you surrender to what he has. You're following him. It's an active thing. Like you don't just say we saw, I saw a video online and you know, so it's not necessarily my original thought. I don't know this lady's name, but if you do, email us. And if you're that lady, also email us. Go ahead. Like, I'll read thank you for speaking only truth to the internet because it was wonderful. But it's like, you don't invite Jesus into your life, into what you're already doing and like ask him to become a part of what you've already established. Jesus says, follow me. And that means you give up what you're already doing and you, you follow him. Whatever he is calling you to do, you obey. It's not, hey, Jesus, let me fit you into my life the way that I've already <laughs> shaped it. Yeah. It's, no, I'm going to put myself in your hands and let you mold me into what you want me to be. I'm not going to tell you what I, I want to be. I can give you some ideas of things that I think I would like based on you know the, the dreams that you've put in my heart. But ultimately, you are my maker. And... That's what matters. Yeah. So we moved to the DFW. That's Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex um, in pursuit of Jesus. 
and more of him. We tried to stifle it. Like it was so a few years ago, we wanted to, you know, move just because we were, you know, we were uh, younger. We didn't have kids yet. And Austin sounded really fun. Um, Austin and still exciting. sounds fun. <laughs> Austin's weird, and I don't know if I like that kind of weird. That's their motto. Keep I, Austin weird. Yeah, but I don't know if it's my brand of weird. But I digress. So that was before kids. Now that we have kids, uh, the reason for wanting to go to Texas kind of shifted majorly. Um, and we kind of fell in love with the teaching that we were hearing from the, the church village. we attend now. Yeah. Are we not saying that? I don't know if I want to start that okay. discussion. I don't, I don't want to. All like... right. So anyway, we discovered some resources that they have online for um, like preschool. And ha- having a son that's neurodivergent. I Just a, like us. A concern that I had was how do I teach him the gospel? Like I don't, I don't know what's you know, an approach that's going to work to help him actually understand what Little I'm saying click. and not just be like words. Right. Um, and so we stumbled across, you know, their uh, preschool uh, memory verse songs and Bible lessons. And our son started watching them and he started repeating back the different lessons and he was singing the songs and like the we started verses. singing the memory verses yeah. and like getting into it. And it was just... It was spiritually life-changing for us and we didn't want to leave our friends and like family. We were somewhat... We had a house. Yeah, we had a house. We We were established. We were established. We both had jobs. mm -hmm. And I worked from home and it was good, but we just felt the pull and we tried to stifle it because we didn't want to leave. It was comfortable. There's something about the proximity of being near to people that you care about that feel safe um and so we tried to stifle it and for months we said no like we we can't go we'll just stay and we'll make the best of it here and the spirit just kept tugging and tugging and so we flew down to Flo- to texas at the end of august mm-hmm. right for- after that person's wedding Yes. The, one, the dancers. Yes. The Jesus and I think his it bride the, dancers. It was the next day, actually. We, yeah. we flew down. Um, and when we got here, we were really not that impressed with the state itself. Yeah, the state is, it needs to grow on you. You got to give it a real yeah. shot. Yeah, like it's, it seems like the promised land. And then you visit and you're like, it's not the promised land. And then you move here and it is the promised land. <laughs> so It's okay. Well, I mean, it's our promised land, meaning it's it's where God brought us. Yeah. He brought us out of a place that we thought we would never be able to leave. We never thought we'd get off Long Island. We thought we would be stuck there forever. And he made a way he he led us here and so we walk outside and the sky is so big and do not judge me for that the sky is so big in texas it's big it's weird because it's like i've seen pictures of the rockies and stuff and i've seen mountains up north in like would that be appalachia like Mm. northern new york maybe i mean i've seen the appalachian mountains too we drove through them um and you know, New York mountains with snow and stuff. But the, Similar it, idea, like when you see it, because 
the clouds do some weird stuff here. Those clouds. And the storms are insane here. Like you look left and it's like doom and gloom. World's going to end. Run for your lives. And then you see the most beautiful sunset of your life. Oh. (laughs) Or you see these giant fluffy mashed potatoes. Oh, the majestic boys. Those look like mountaintops. Yeah. They look like mountaintops. Yeah, those are celestial mashed potato mountaintops. (laughs) Well, I'm going to wrap this up because... Well, anyway, so yes, this is in... in that it's our promised land. It's just we walk outside and it just brings us to a place of thankfulness and, and worship. worship. Yeah. Like for us. And it's been every day since we're here. Yeah. You know, we moved in. It rained for. Like a month straight. Yeah. Not even, not <laughs> even joking. We cold. got here mid-November. It was and colder it was, than it was in New York. Yes. We were expecting <laughs> Texas to be warmer. And it was so cold. Wet and damp. And we didn't have any of our stuff. But I for think like, we needed that. I think we needed to not have anything. Yeah. To just appreciate being here. Appreciate and just the piece of being it. with each other. Yeah. And our children. And that brought us, you know, back to grateful worshiping humans towards Jesus Christ. Yes. He recalibrated us. Yeah. And I'm here for it. I mean, I might bounce out of tolerance here and there, but um that's the importance of going to your local church. But I'm a work Weekly, in process. They recalibrate you too. Yeah. And being part of a home group or your local community group, something that, that you can participate in regularly that keeps you in fellowship with the saints. So I'm going to wrap this up saying that we appreciate the download and we hope we blessed you on your commute or whatever, you know, uh, schoolwork work work um if you want to email us you could reach us at ssjc podcast at gmail.com so like sugar spice jesus christ podcast at jesus uh at gmail.com but it's ssjc podcast at gmail.com and then i believe it's the same no it's on Twitter, we are at SSJCPod. Um, so, yeah, give us a follow there, too. And I'll do my best to make sure that you guys know episodes are going to be dropping. So you guys are ready with your favorite podcast app. Because I will probably be putting this on the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and whatever. Stitcher, I think, is the other one. So, Spotify. I think I said that. Spotify usually is the go-to for everybody, but we should be on pretty much all the major podcast ones. Uh, At least if it's not this episode, it'll be the next one. So keep an eye on that. And um, yeah, we appreciate that. And uh, this has been the Sugar Spice and Jesus Christ podcast. Um, Anything else you want to say before we go? How about Jesus be with you? Because that's something we say every yes, time we leave the house. I love that. That's That was a decal we had above our door in our home that we had. Our anywhere. kids say it. My daughter says it with like no teeth in her mouth. And it's just. No, she has a full mouth of teeth. Now but she's she two years old and it she's still so like garbled. But <laughs> Jesus be with you. Yeah, Jesus be with all of you. And uh, we hope you guys have a blessed week. 
Thanks again, guys. See ya. See ya. Thank you.